I'm Heather Roberts here with Dr. Dean Seidlinger, Oregon's health officer and state epidemiologist. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks for having me today. And we've got two big topics we're going to run through. Um, I know there is a shortage of the RSV vaccine. We're going to talk about that. But first, I want to start with the concern that the Oregon Health Authority has right now over an increase in MPOX cases in the state. Give me just kind of an overview of what that picture looks like right now in Oregon. Yeah, in, in Oregon, like in much of the rest of the country, we've seen a slow uptick in cases of MPOX over the last few months. We're still well below the high levels we saw last summer, but we wanted to take this time to remind people that MPOX is still in our community. So for providers to consider a diagnosis of MPOX if someone presents with a rash or symptoms that are consistent with MPOX, and for individuals who might be at risk um, and their providers to offer vaccine. There are two doses of the Genios vaccine that offer great protection against MPOX, and the people most at risk haven't changed. Um, we see MPOX spread from people during close, intimate contact, often during sex. Primarily, it's been amongst men who have sex with men, whether they identify as gay or bisexual. And that's the, the trends we're continuing. So if you fall into one of those higher risk groups, um, engage in those higher risk behaviors. Talk to your provider about getting an MPOX vaccine if you haven't already. And again, for providers, think about MPOX when someone presents with, um, with a rash or symptoms that could be consistent with the disease um, and get that diagnosis so we can get folks treated. We've had a bit of a lull in information about MPOX in the last few months. It, I, I think it allows us to get a little bit complacent, but the OHA never declared an end to the outbreak. It's, it's just been kind of slowly moving through the community. Correct. You know, we, we've talked a lot about epi curves or epidemiologic curves. And that's the number of cases that occur over time. And what we saw with MPOX was a large peak in those cases during the spring and summer of last year. And we saw those cases come way down, but they never went back to zero. So we would see some months with no cases, but usually, you know, a couple of cases each month. And so we knew that the, the um, disease was still in our community. And with this kind of uptick in cases, um, higher number of cases that we saw, over the summer, we just wanted to take this time to remind people who might be most at risk, their steps they can take to protect themselves. And then if they get sick and they're seeing their provider to remind providers that MPOX is still there, um, do some tests for MPOX and, and get treatment for your patients. Um, and we can help control this disease here in Oregon. The vaccinations for MPOX, certainly not at the same level that we've seen COVID or flu shots or any of those other vaccines that, especially this time of year, we hear so much promotion of, of trying to get people out to get those shots. Is this a case of hesitancy? Is it an issue with the community you're trying to reach? What What's standing in the way of getting more people vaccinated? I think, you know, we um, need to reach just a subset of people. So with COVID vaccine, we want everyone to get a vaccine who's six months and older um, because it's, it's very prevalent in the state and, and anyone can get it. With MPOX, it really is behaviors that put people at risk. So close, intimate sexual contact with other people with MPOX. So it's a much smaller group. I think we did a really great push with our partners, healthcare partners, our local public health and businesses to try and um, reach this community. And we saw very good uptick in those who we think were at highest risk. We know that individuals who um, have HIV 
particularly those whose HIV isn't well controlled, have more complications from MPOX. And we saw a lot of vaccinations into individuals with HIV. So it's just a continued word to get the word out um, that you can talk to your provider. And if your provider doesn't have vaccine, to check the website to see where you might be able to get a vaccine. But there, you know, there's always more vaccine. But I think you know the community most at risk certainly um, rolled up their sleeve and, and got their vaccine um, last summer. But we know that we have more work to do. And the MPOX vaccine is free. That's correct. The MPOX vaccine is provided um, from the federal government stockpile, and we have um, plenty of vaccine here in Oregon. It's not going to be in every clinic, or and you can't get it in most pharmacies. Um, but again, if your provider doesn't have it, there's a vaccine finder um, that you can use on the website to help identify where the nearest MPOX vaccine is located. We're talking with Dr. Dean Seidlinger, and I, I want to shift gears to RSV, a much different subset of high-risk people. Uh, and there is a shortage of that vaccine, which could put especially infants at risk. Yeah, so let me talk a little bit of background about RSV, because I think until last year, many people had never heard of RSV. But as a pediatrician, it's certainly a disease that I'm very familiar with. RSV stands for respiratory syncytial virus. So you can see why we use the initials. It's much easier to say. The people most at risk are our youngest Oregonians, so babies whose airways are very small um, and who have trouble um, if they get infected with clearing the virus um, and the infection from their lungs. And our oldest Oregonians, those over 60, who tend to have more complications. Last year was an especially bad year for RSV. We saw cases amongst um, children um, go very high with our pediatric hospitals and our pediatric ICUs um, being full and overfull um, with the patients that they were treating as well as our adult hospitals. So it's supportive care for those infants and most of those infants recover, but it's really tough on a family to have you know, a child in the hospital. So we are really excited this year that we have three new tools to protect against RSV. I'll start with the ones that are in great supply. We have a vaccination for the oldest um, Oregonians, those 16 older that can provide protection, similar to a flu shot, protect them from this respiratory virus and keep them out of the hospital. We have a vaccine for pregnant people that if it's given to the pregnant person between 32 and 36 weeks of pregnancy, they pass on protection to their baby when they're born. And that baby is protected during the time when they're most vulnerable, when they're smallest. And those two vaccines are in great supply, and they're new tools that we didn't have last year. The third tool is an immunization. It's an antibody, so not a traditional vaccination that's given to babies after they're born um, that provides them protection for five months. So we can give it at the time when we're seeing RSV circulating and causing infections in, in the state and provide those babies protection. Unfortunately, as with many new products, the demand has exceeded the supply. There's not enough for every baby. So we are prioritizing those who are most at risk and reminding families of other steps they can take. So if you're pregnant, talking to your provider about getting um, vaccinated between 32 and 36 weeks. Many babies will get their nirsevimab um, after they're born. But if you have a child who, who has not yet received um, nirsevimab and, and, and is younger, you know, the same advice we give to parents of new babies all the time is, you know, limit their contact with people who are sick. So reminding grandparents and friends that if they're sick, now is not the best time to come and meet a new baby. And even as people come over to, to meet the new baby and say hi, consider having them wear a mask 
when um, RSV, flu, and COVID are, are circulating, and that'll help protect the baby and still allow people to uh, meet the baby and, and you to celebrate um, the, the newest addition to your family. So, you know, it is frustrating, I think, for parents who, who may not be able to get this for their babies, um, but we do have these other tools and these ways to keep babies safe. Um, so hopefully we won't see a repeat of a severe RSV season like we saw last year. When you mentioned some of those tips, and, and as a mom myself, it's been a few years since my kids were that little, but those are just, that's just good advice. If you're sick, you don't need to be around little babies. That's, that's just life lessons. Right. Yeah. And, and I think we've learned a lot more about trying to take care of ourselves when we're sick. Um, you know, um, many people have the luxury, the privilege of being just able to stay home and work from home while they're sick. Um, and while I don't encourage people to continue working while they're sick, you know, that is an option for many that wasn't available um, before the pandemic. We have the Oregon Medical Leave Act that provides, you know, paid leave for more people so that they can stay home, take care of themselves or their children while they're sick. And we know that, you know, while no one likes to wear a mask, masks can be very good at protecting us. Um, when we're sick. So if we go out and need to go to the grocery store or need to go to the doctors, wearing a mask will protect the people around us if we're sick. And if we wear a mask when we're out in public while um, flu is circulating or COVID or RSV, that's going to protect us and make sure that we don't come home and make people sick. So for new parents, you know, who have to go out and, um, you know, get to the doctors, go to the pharmacy, um, buy groceries, um, if they're wearing a mask while they're doing that, they're going to keep themselves safe and make sure that they don't bring it home, any infections home to their new babies, and they can um, enjoy their new babies um, and try and get as much sleep as they can, knowing that, um, that that's a really um, tough thing and, and really short supply, um, but it's an even shorter supply if the has, kids are has, sick. Yeah. I was going to say, it has nothing to do with being sick. That's just a no. tough ask anyway. But it gets it gets worse, you know, as, as tiring as it is, yeah. and as much attention as a new baby takes, a new baby who's sick takes even more attention. And if you're sick yourself as a parent, your energy is already drained. And so we want to keep parents and their infants healthy. Masks are an important part of that. Staying up to date with vaccinations are an important part of that. And again, hopefully next year, we won't run into this um, shortage of nirsevimab um, to protect babies, but take these other steps to protect your babies this year. And I think we'll see um, less hospitalizations this year than we did last year. We are out of time, but it sounds like the best advice on both MPOX and RSV is to just talk to your your own provider, your own doctor about what you might need, what you might be eligible for, and what alternatives might be out there in the case of the RSV antibodies if if that's not available. That's correct. I think we, we, we can all take steps to protect ourselves and our loved ones that we return home to and hopefully have, you know, healthy, um, safe holiday seasons as we gather with friends and loved ones, you know, over the next couple months. Dr. Dean Seidlinger, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks a lot. You're listening to FM News 100.1 and 1110 KBND.